Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When was the last time you had a genuine conversation? Not a text chat or an email, but a real face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversation. It's something that rarely happens these days, isn't it? People are busier, more immersed in the digital world, and more individualistic than ever before. Most of our interactions have been reduced to superficial, tweet-like sentences, emojis that display artificial emotions and reactions, and conversations that feel more like transactions than actual human connections. In the past, Before the glow of smartphone screens and the buzz of notifications were our constant companions, conversation was at the heart of human interaction. It was more than just an act of communication. It was the thing that shaped cultures, nurtured meaningful relationships, and kept us entertained. From the indigenous tribes of Africa to ancient Greece, storytelling has always been part of the human tradition. Skilled raconteurs or storytellers, would captivate audiences with engaging stories using nothing more than their voices and imagination. These stories would entertain, teach, and inspire everyone who listened. And then people would pass those stories on to other friends and loved ones. It was the way people connected with each other and created a sense of community. Before the invention of the printing press, It simply wasn't possible to distribute things like books and newspapers on a mass scale like it is today. So the news from other parts of the world traveled through spoken messages. People would meet in the town square to hear the latest happenings in their communities, and travelers would bring stories back from the distant lands they visited. On a more personal level, families would gather around the dinner table, sharing stories of their day, passing on wisdom, and keeping each other informed about the things happening in the neighborhood. Conversation was the adhesive that bonded communities together. For example, consider the salons of 18th century France. Salons were social gatherings held in private homes, typically hosted by wealthy and well-educated women. 
These women were often skilled in the art of conversation and were able to create an atmosphere where people felt comfortable sharing their thoughts and ideas. Relationships were forged not by the number of followers one had, but by the depth and authenticity of one's conversations. So people from all walks of life could come together to discuss literature, philosophy, art, politics, and other intellectual topics. Salons provided a forum for the exchange of ideas and the development of new social and political thought. Their deep philosophical discussions, although sometimes heated and argumentative, greatly influenced the way people thought about the world at that time. In indigenous cultures, the communal act of conversation was, and in many places still is, a sacred ritual. For example, in many African cultures, elders would share stories, wisdom, and cultural history with the younger generation under the shade of ancient trees. This not only kept traditions alive, but also ensured that the youth felt connected to their roots and community. The introduction of modern technology, while bringing undeniable advantages, has led to the decline of genuine face-to-face -face conversations. Text messages, emails, and social media have allowed us to communicate faster and more efficiently, but often at the cost of depth and authenticity. Rediscovering the lost art of conversation can reconnect us to those foundational human experiences that shaped societies for thousands of years. In the end, it's vital to remember that while technology evolves, the fundamental human need for genuine connection remains unchanged. Conversation, in its purest form, is the bridge to that connection. Human beings are inherently social creatures. From the very beginning of our existence, the act of communicating has been intertwined with our survival and evolution. From a psychological standpoint, Conversations are not mere exchanges of words. They're pivotal in shaping our internal worlds, influencing our emotional health, and guiding our personal development. At its core, the human brain is wired for social connection. Neuroscientific studies, such as those using fMRI scans, have shown that social interactions, including conversations, activate regions of the brain linked with pleasure, reward, and emotion regulation. This is why you feel so good and fulfilled after a thoughtful conversation with a friend, a loved one, or even a stranger on the street. It's because you have a neurological need for it. And satisfying that need is no different from satisfying your hunger at lunchtime or your thirst after an intense workout in the gym. Studies show that people who live in isolation tend to develop mental issues like depression and social anxiety while people who regularly engage in social interaction are happier, healthier mentally, and they tend to live much longer. In other words, our brains thrive in the presence of meaningful interaction, and they tend to deteriorate without it. Authentic conversations can be therapeutic. This is why so many psychologists employ talk therapy to help their patients navigate through trauma, stress, and various mental health challenges. It's because the sheer act of expressing oneself and being heard and understood can enable us to let go of mental burdens and heal from emotional damage. If you're lucky enough to have one of those friends who will just sit and listen to you vent about your problems without judgment or criticism, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Now, beyond the social and emotional aspects, conversations play a significant role in our cognitive and personal development. Through discussions, debates, and even casual chats, we're exposed to different perspectives, ideas, and worldviews. It's through these exchanges that our beliefs are challenged, our horizons broadened, and our understanding deepened. Think about the conversations you've had that changed the way you see the world or pushed you to learn more about a topic. Think about this podcast. In some strange way, each episode is a conversation I'm having with you. Now, we might not be in the same room, and I can't hear your responses, but my goal has always been to make you think, to open your mind, to encourage you to learn new things, and to be more curious about life. Improving your English is just something that happens consequently. A conversation can also show us something about the power of vulnerability. When you open up about your fears, dreams, and insecurities, you allow others to see your authentic self. And this can lead to stronger, more genuine connections and relationships. And doing this can signal to others that you trust them enough to share your true self, which will often encourage them to do the same thing, creating a positive feedback loop. And think about the last time you met someone who was so unafraid to be themselves that it made you feel like you could be your authentic self too. And like I said before, from a psychological perspective, conversations are more than just an act of exchanging information. They touch the very essence of what it means to be human. Whether it's the silent understanding between two old friends, the animated discussion between colleagues, or the comforting words of a loved one. Conversations have the power to heal, connect, inspire, and transform. And in an age dominated by digital interactions, rekindling the art of genuine conversation can lead us back to our roots, promoting psychological well-being and allowing us to protect and maintain the human experience. Now, if we're going to have thoughtful conversations with people, especially people from different walks of life, then it's imperative that we speak the same language. If you've ever tried to talk to someone who doesn't speak your native language, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's impossible. And what's interesting is that even if you and this other person speak the same language, there can still be moments when it feels impossible to communicate with them. Now, why is that? It's because language is simply the tool that we use to communicate with others, but it is not communication itself. Communication refers to the way in which each individual chooses to use his language to make himself understood, as well as understand others. It's a skill, a skill that must be learned and mastered over time through countless hours of practice. And this is one of the reasons that some people do so much better in life than others. Now, obviously, your overall education, your family, your culture, your country and its economy, your personality, and your goals in life will also determine the quality of your life experience. But if you take two people who are identical in every way and equip one of them with proper communication skills, he is going to do better in life. Absolutely no doubt about it. Good communication skills enable us to make more money, make more friends, find better partners and maintain healthier relationships, learn more, 
and ultimately get more out of life. And by the way, that's the reason language was created in the first place. To enable us to interact effectively with the world and all the people in it. And that's why I find it so interesting that even today, there are millions of people who will pay ridiculous amounts of money for English courses that sell them the dream of English fluency, but teach them absolutely nothing about the art of communication. The traditional approach to language learning, often employed in many language schools, revolves around memorizing grammar rules, drilling vocabulary lists, and using textbooks as the primary teaching tool. And while this method has its roots in historical pedagogy and might appear structured, it often falls short in effectively teaching students how to use the language in real-world situations. And this is something that became clear to me when I learned my first foreign language, Spanish. Now, I had taken Spanish classes while I was in high school, but of course, it was the same old shit you find in every school. Outdated textbooks elementary phrases, long lists of vocabulary, and absolutely no expectation or encouragement to speak the language with real people. The only goal was to memorize the information and pass a test, much like every other subject in school. I had no idea how much learning a foreign language could change my life in the future. I had no idea that there were so many benefits, because no one had ever taken the time to explain it to me before. So much like every other student in the class, I didn't really give the language any importance and I never had any desire to learn it for real. The same thing happened at university. I had to take some Spanish classes to get the credits I needed for my degree, but the classes were almost identical to the ones I took in high school. It wasn't until I met a Mexican kid named Alberto in my geology class that I realized the importance of being able to speak the same language as the people around you. Alberto invited me over to his apartment where he lived with three other Mexican kids. And while we were hanging out, Alberto and his roommates were always speaking Spanglish to each other. A few sentences in English, a few in Spanish. They were constantly switching between the two languages and it felt impossible to follow their conversations, much less participate. So one day I got tired of feeling left out of the conversations and I said to Alberto, Hey man, can you teach me Spanish? I really want to understand what you guys are saying to each other. And he said, of course, bro, all you had to do was ask. So he told me about an app called Duolingo, which I'm sure you've heard of already, but this was back in 2014, so I had no idea that apps like this even existed. And after trying it once, I was hooked. For at least an hour a day, I would be studying with Duolingo. I would practice the words I was learning with Alberto and his roommates every chance I got. And at some point, I realized that I was able to understand some of the stuff he and his friends were saying. And that's all I needed in order to know that I was on the right path and that I was actually learning Spanish. So I started going even harder with my studies. Watching novelas, listening to Mexican music, watching Mexican movies, and listening to podcasts for Spanish learners. I wanted to consume anything and everything I could in Spanish all the time. And after a few months of this, I noticed that I could understand some things in the language, but my ability to speak the language was nowhere near my ability to comprehend it. And I've always been the type of person who learns by doing, so I simply started looking for more opportunities to speak. Now, I only saw Alberto twice a week, 
So I went online and found language exchange sites where I could talk to other Spanish speakers. And as you can imagine, it was incredibly difficult for me to maintain conversations with people. I sounded like a child. I had trouble getting my point across. And there were times when I had no idea what they were talking about. Not to mention the fact that I struggled with lots of social anxiety and I didn't know how to make conversation with people even in my native language. And even still, I knew that I was getting the real-world practice that I needed in order to improve, even though I wasn't thinking about it that way at the time. All I knew was that it was much more interesting, fun, and effective than sitting in a classroom and listening to a teacher read a list of vocabulary words and robotic sentences that I would never hear in the streets. And during that same time, I realized that I didn't just have to look online for Spanish speakers to practice with. I lived in San Diego, California. There were native Spanish speakers literally everywhere. So every time I left the house, I would be particularly attentive to the people around me, listening closely to see if anyone was speaking Spanish. And any time I heard the language, I would try to find a reason to talk to those people. Even if it was just for a few minutes, it was still an opportunity to have a conversation with a real Spanish speaker and practice my skills. I started shopping at the Mexican supermarkets instead of the American ones. I told my Spanish-speaking co-workers to speak to me only in Spanish, and I started speaking to myself in Spanish while I was at home alone. I made every effort possible to live my life in Spanish. And month after month, I could feel my skills getting better. I was learning how to speak Spanish like a real Mexican. And being able to see my hard work pay off only motivated me to learn and practice more. So fast forward about 18 months, and after countless hours of conversations, silly mistakes, and embarrassing moments, I had reached an intermediate level of Spanish. Even though I couldn't always express myself clearly, I felt comfortable talking to Spanish speakers, and I didn't have to translate things in my head all the time. And it was around this time that for some strange reason, I thought it would be a good idea to take a trip to Mexico and have a fully immersive experience. So I bought a plane ticket and spent six weeks doing volunteer work and traveling around the central region of the country. And when I got back to the States, it dawned on me that I had managed to learn a foreign language using nothing but the internet and then travel to a foreign country where I did all kinds of things like make friends, go out with women, hitchhike to different cities, make deals in local markets, volunteer at a daycare center and work with children, and ultimately improve my Spanish in the most authentic and engaging way possible. And I did it all by myself. It was truly a life-changing experience. And while reflecting on that experience, I found myself wondering why I hadn't learned Spanish sooner. Why didn't I know about all the benefits of learning another language? Why hadn't any of my teachers talked about experiences like these in school? And more importantly, why were schools using such a painfully ineffective methodology to teach us foreign languages? It was only after reflecting on my experience that I realized that I had learned to speak a foreign language by doing exactly what I did to learn my native language. By speaking to and interacting with real people by consuming tons of media in the target language, by talking to native speakers and letting them correct my mistakes, by putting myself in situations where I had to be social 
and make myself understood. I didn't sit in a classroom. I didn't take a bunch of online courses and I didn't sit around waiting for someone else to learn the language for me. I simply had a real reason to learn the language. Meaning, I knew that if I could learn to speak Spanish, then I would be able to understand my friends better and participate in their conversations. After that, I simply stayed open-minded and curious. I studied consistently and I practiced in real-world situations constantly. I learned to speak Spanish by living my life in Spanish and talking to real people every day. And of course, it wasn't all rainbows and flowers. There were countless awkward moments, misunderstandings, and frustrating situations along the way. Learning to communicate in another language is not easy, but it is very simple. And if you can just stop and think about how you learned your first language, then what I'm saying becomes very clear. And so about six months after my trip to Mexico, a Brazilian friend of mine reached out and invited me to visit him in Brazil. But he said, if you're going to visit Brazil, then you need to learn Portuguese because most people here don't speak English. And once again, I had a real and practical reason to learn a foreign language. And by then, I had already gone through the process once. I already knew what had to be done. Start with the basics. Study daily. Consume the language and the culture. Speak with real people. Ask questions. Make mistakes. Get corrected. And repeat. And that's exactly what I did. Except this time, I was able to learn even faster. One, because Portuguese has many things in common with Spanish, so I was able to recognize lots of patterns and adapt to them more easily. And two, I knew the most effective way to learn was by living my life in Portuguese every day. I wasn't wasting time with countless YouTube lessons or online courses, and I wasn't letting my fear of sounding silly and making mistakes stop me from learning and improving. I knew exactly how to learn a language, and all I had to do was put in the work. Which never felt like work because learning a language in this natural and practical way was so much fun. Learning how to make conversation with people is challenging, but fun. So once I met a few Brazilian people that I could talk to every day, it was only a matter of time before people started telling me that I sounded like a real Brazilian. And it was only after three years of daily practice that I ended up going to Brazil and visiting my friends. And while I was there, there were some people who literally refused to believe that I was an American because of the way I spoke Portuguese. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to show off. I'm trying to show you that I'm not a genius and I didn't use any super secret methods to learn these languages. I simply focused on the skills that actually matter. Comprehension and the art of conversation. I listened to countless hours of the language being spoken by natives and non-natives, and I spent countless hours talking to real people about all aspects of life. And I believe that anyone can do the same. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And it's these experiences learning foreign languages by myself that have helped me to create my own teaching methodology, which revolves around the art of conversation as opposed to just the theory of language. The most intuitive and immersive way to acquire a language is through the ebb and flow of conversation. It's an organic and spontaneous method of learning that trains you for the dynamic and unpredictable nature of human interaction. Conversations aren't something that you can prepare for by sitting in a classroom and repeating after a teacher. The art of conversation can only be learned through real-world practice. Now, one of the most important aspects of learning a language through real conversations is the immediate feedback you get from the person you're speaking with. Because if you mispronounce a word or misuse an expression in conversation, your listener might have a confused look on their face or restate what you've tried to say in a more natural way. This is an immediate indication that there's something you can improve. For example, if you say, I am much happy, a native speaker might naturally respond by saying, oh, you mean you're very happy? Which is an indication that you need to improve your understanding of words like much and very. Or if you say, Brazil has the most beautiful bitches in the world. A native might say, you mean the most beautiful beaches in the world? And that's an indication that you need to work on your pronunciation of that word. And when someone makes these corrections directly in real time, you're much more likely to remember them. I mean, these corrections are almost impossible to make in a classroom setting where you're most likely not even speaking to other people. Conversations also create the opportunity for you to learn contextually. Reading a textbook or watching a video lesson full of isolated sentences with absolutely no context makes it so much harder to actually remember and use those phrases when you really need them. For example, if you're about to give a public speech, a friend of yours might say, break a leg right before you go out on stage. And with the context of the situation alone, you might be able to infer that he's saying, good luck, I hope you do a good job. Because you could easily imagine what you might say in your native language before someone is about to perform. But even if you needed an explanation of that phrase, you'd be much more likely to remember it because it was said to you in a real-life situation where the use of that phrase is natural and appropriate. You'll always remember that time when you were about to perform and somebody wished you good luck. And you'll remember that phrase anytime someone else says it to you or you want to use it yourself. 
Conversations also enable us to harness the powerful effect that our emotions have on our memories. It's hard to remember specific words and phrases that you've tried to memorize with flashcards, but it's much easier to remember words or phrases that are attached to actual life experiences that made us feel a particular way. Consider the fact that you might not always remember someone's name, but you rarely forget how they made you feel while interacting with them. And I think this illustrates that memories are often stronger and more clear when they're charged with emotions. And the only emotion you're going to feel sitting in a classroom or watching a YouTube grammar lesson is boredom. Now, as I said earlier in this episode, it's important to remember that the art of conversation isn't just about the words we say. It's also about the culture that affects the way in which we say them. The cultural nuances, physical gestures, sense of humor, and level of directness are things that almost never get talked about in traditional courses. And this is why there are many people who know every word in the English language, but still can't integrate into a community of English speakers. They think that having linguistic knowledge is the same thing as having good communication skills. So having conversations with real people, both natives and non-natives, is crucial for analyzing, understanding, and adapting to the various ways that people choose to communicate. And you just can't do this in a classroom or sitting at home watching YouTube videos. Cultural understanding and quality communication skills go hand in hand. And for that reason, if you want to be an effective communicator, you must respect the culture of the people you're speaking with. The interactive nature of conversation also forces you to go from a passive learner to an active one. The unpredictable nature of conversation keeps you on your toes. It forces you to think quickly, construct your sentences in real time, and adapt based on the flow of the interaction. This is why so many English learners intuitively know that the ideal situation for learning would be living in an English-speaking country. It's because the only way they would be able to survive is by learning to communicate with people. And when no one speaks your native language, you're forced to acquire the language in real-world situations. Whereas in a classroom or at home, you always have the option to stop and translate things, fall back on your native language, or just give up completely and go back to scrolling on your phone or watching TV. But modern-day technology enables us to learn any widely spoken language from the comfort of our homes. The main thing that most people are missing is the ability to start and maintain a conversation with anyone. And of course, most people are afraid to make conversation with strangers for obvious reasons, but the reality is that making conversation with strangers is actually how you build the confidence to make conversation with strangers. The more experience you have talking to real people from all walks of life, the more comfortable you'll feel when inevitable misunderstandings occur. Sometimes those misunderstandings are because of linguistic mistakes, and other times it's just a difference of culture. But either way, Confidence is something that can only be bought with experience. You cannot pay money for someone else to give it to you, and it will not come to you voluntarily. It comes through practice and repetition, just like all of the other skills you possess. Now, although learning to speak foreign languages has helped me to improve my communication skills a little bit, it was really teaching people to speak my native language that really forced me 
to learn the art of conversation. Because I never learned how to teach people in a traditional classroom environment where you plan a formal lesson and tell students to read and repeat what they hear. As I've already established, I think that methodology is old, boring, and simply ineffective. So I decided to take the same approach I took when learning Spanish, Portuguese, and now Thai. Just making conversation. But a problem that I quickly ran into was that each student would arrive to class and just sit there, waiting for me to ask them questions as if it were a job interview. And although this was very frustrating at first, I quickly realized that it was my responsibility as the teacher and the leader of the interaction to facilitate the conversation and create an environment where they felt free to express themselves openly. And this is really what I do for a living. The teaching English part just happens naturally as the conversations unfold. So after coming to the realization that I didn't know how to get someone to express themselves or how to keep them talking for an hour, I naturally started educating myself on how conversations worked. And the main resource I used to learn this skill was a podcast called The Joe Rogan Experience. Now, just in case you don't know, The Joe Rogan Experience is basically a talk show where the host, Joe Rogan, interviews a different guest in each episode. But the interviews are absolutely nothing like the typical interviews you see on mainstream TV. The interviews you see on TV are often way too short, way too predictable, and almost never interesting. It's always the same questions, the same answers, and you never learn anything about the person being interviewed, which is ironically what most conversations are like. But Joe's interviews are typically at least two hours long and in a much more conversational format. This creates the environment in which the interviewee has time to express himself in as much detail as he'd like without corporate agendas, ulterior motives, or interruptions from the interviewer. And after listening to literally hundreds of episodes of his podcast, I started to ask myself how in the hell he was able to keep these people talking for two to three hours straight. I knew there had to be some kind of replicable pattern I could follow to achieve similar results in my private English lessons. So I stopped listening to the podcast casually and started listening analytically. I paid close attention to the different ways Joe would ask questions or make statements and the effect it had on the person he was speaking to. I saw how being genuinely curious and interested in the person he was speaking with enabled him to go much deeper into topics and learn so much more about his interviewee. I watched how he debated controversial topics without getting emotional. I watched how he would listen to people's stories without judgment or criticism. I saw how he would use his own life stories and experiences to add value to the conversation instead of just asking question after question after question. I saw how he dealt with boring guests who would make no effort to contribute something interesting to the conversation. And I watched him get better and better, episode after episode. So then I started experimenting with these newfound tactics in my private lessons. And although some of them didn't always work as expected, I could feel myself making progress. I could feel myself getting better at making conversation with anyone. I was able to get people talking and keep them talking. 
I got better at listening attentively and noticing that there's often a difference between the words people say and what they really mean to communicate. And this allowed me to understand and respond to people in better ways. I got over my fear of taking control of a conversation and leading it in the direction I wanted it to go. People started sharing some of the most intimate parts of their lives with me because they knew I wasn't there to judge them. I was just curious and wanted to know more about them. And that's why I'm always saying that you won't believe what you can learn about people if you just shut the fuck up and listen. I got better at showcasing my sense of humor as well. I got better at dealing with boring and lazy people who were making no effort to contribute to the conversation. I learned to stop getting so emotionally invested in casual conversations with people I didn't even know. And all of these things have helped me to use the art of conversation as a way of teaching someone to express themselves and understand others while correcting and explaining their linguistic and cultural misunderstandings along the way. I can tell you that it has not been easy, and it's still challenging at times. But learning to talk to anyone at any time has had a more profound impact on my personal and professional life than literally anything else I've learned to do. And this is why I'm always telling you to stop obsessing over the rules of the language and just focus on improving your communication skills. This is why I do my best to explain the English that you hear on this podcast, but the main focus is always on ideas. I want to give you interesting things to think and talk about with other people. Because as I'm sure I've made clear by now, that's how you really improve your ability to communicate and have interesting conversations. It's not by memorizing information in a classroom or sitting at home watching TikTok videos. Now, a lot of people will say things like, I wish I had people to practice English with, which is something I talked about in episode number 53. So the solution to that problem should be clear now. But the mistake that most English learners make is they never give any attention to how conversations are actually started and maintained. Many people approach conversations only thinking about themselves, only talking about what they're interested in, waiting for the other person to make all the effort and ask all the questions, thinking that they know everything and therefore have nothing to learn from the person they're speaking with, making quick judgments instead of being curious and seeking to understand the person they're speaking with, interrupting the other person so that they can say some insignificant, uninteresting shit that could have waited, getting offended every time someone disagrees with their way of thinking and living life, and waiting for the world to change the way it communicates instead of working on their own communication skills. And then they wonder why they have no one to talk to or all of their conversations are superficial and boring. And this, unfortunately, is what never gets talked about in traditional language courses. The fact that we have stopped giving importance to the art of conversation. The fact that conversation is the gateway to proficiency in any language. It's much easier to sell students a dream or a quick and easy, yet ineffective, solution because the reality is that most students are lazy and don't want to hear the truth. Nobody wants to hear that they're going to have to spend the next four years practicing daily before they can consider themselves proficient in English. 
Nobody wants to hear that they suck at communicating with other people and that they're never going to make friends or enjoy learning English if they don't humble themselves and learn how to shut the fuck up and listen for once in their lives. Nobody wants to hear that they're not trying hard enough. Nobody wants to be spoken to directly because it makes them feel uncomfortable and attacked. Nobody wants to experience the pain of saying things that sound stupid or losing an argument or being ignored on a language exchange app or being made fun of for their accent or elementary vocabulary or being discriminated against because of their skin color, their nationality, their physical appearance or their opinions. Nobody wants to go through the challenging but rewarding process of becoming a great communicator. Everybody wants to eat, but nobody wants to get in the kitchen and cook dinner. It's so much easier to press a few buttons on an app and have some fast food delivered to the door. But communication skills just don't work like that. Communication skills are earned, not bought or given. So I'm telling you right now, if you want to become a great English speaker or even just a better communicator in your native language, then you've got to stop wasting time consuming a bunch of shit about the language and start learning about the art of conversation. If you're listening to this podcast and you can understand most of what I say, then you're already at the point where it's time to start talking to real people. And nobody can do that for you. But the good news is that you can do it for yourself. With some hard work, dedication, and a whole lot of patience, you can improve your communication skills and learn to talk to anyone at any time. There's no need to focus on being perfect. Just focus on interacting with real people and you will see that it gets easier with time. You will see that all of us have things we could improve about ourselves and the way we communicate. All of us would be much happier and more successful in life if we could just learn how to communicate more effectively. And at the end of the day, you can't control what other people do. But you do have control over the time, the effort, and the energy that you put into your personal development. So let this episode be the spark that ignites that fire within you. Let today be the day that you download an app or join a community and talk to at least one person. Let today be the day that you do a simple Google or YouTube search on the art of conversation. Let today be the day that you actually start making progress toward your goal of becoming a great English speaker. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 